Hi, this is Lisa, and you are listening to I Love That Movie. This podcast is for movie lovers. It's not an unbiased opinion. It's not a straightforward review. It's just a couple people talking about a movie that they love. The format is each week I have a guest, and that guest and I discuss a movie that they love, something they're obsessed with, something they connect with. We'll talk about the plot, the director, and the actors, but we'll also talk about the personal connection my guest has with that movie. So if that sounds like something you want to listen to, keep listening. Everybody, um, thanks for tuning back in. Uh, this week's episode is going to be a little bit different. We are coming up on the fourth anniversary of I Love That Movie. Um, if you had asked me four years ago if this would continue and take off, I would say no. I'm notorious for starting hobbies and then dropping them. Um, I am seriously blown away that we're still going strong. And we also reached a milestone of 40K downloads, which, wow, yeah. Again, I I mean, I know a lot you hear people say all the time, like, I'd like to thank all my listeners out there, but I really would because uh, honestly, this show just doesn't exist without you guys. It doesn't exist without you listening. It doesn't exist without people coming on because I can't do this alone. I don't feel, I don't want to do this alone. I want to do this with people and I want to hear your stories about your favorite films and I want to engage and have great discussions about movies with you. So uh, what I do is I pick between March of 2020 to March now, I pull a spreadsheet and figure out what are the most downloaded episodes. Now you would think that that would make anything that happens in March the most downloaded. It really does not. It really depends. Um, And I think this is sort of like a, I don't know, like a neutral way of picking people because it's like, I think that, you know, it shows that people really enjoy those movies and sometimes uh, also specifically the guests. And yeah, I think it's just like the best way to pick. I've thought about voting, but honestly, I don't think my following is big enough to have like enough people vote for the best episodes. Um, Maybe I'm selling myself short here, but I just don't think that there's enough people tuning in that would vote consistently. And I think that would take a lot of time. So this is how I've been doing it. Uh, These are going to be the top five episodes of the year. And I'm going to kick it off with number five. But I just wanted to take a quick second to say thank you again to all of you listening. All right, so we'll start with number five. The five most listened to episode from last year is Dread. So I brought back my guest from that episode to talk about with me, and that was Nick. It's me again. Yay. You've been on the countdown before, right? I think you have. I think I was, was just, Mad Max or I was something just like thinking, that. No, I don't think we've done Mad Max. Oh, I, I made do that Mad up. Max. Yeah, you should. Um, but <laughs> I like how we just invented an episode. Um, well, you're back for number five, uh, Dread. This is both for for both of us. This is like a favorite movie. Wasn't this like the anniversary episode? Like for our our wedding anniversary, we picked Dread. I think so. We've picked um, Casino one year, Dread. And I think, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, but, you know, number one, I think we did a great job in the episode. Obviously, we're such pros. Clearly. Um, It's the guest you have. (laughs) Yeah. 
it's all about you. It is all about you, the listener. Um, but I feel like it's not a movie that's covered as often. What do you think? Why, think, why do you think it, I think it was so. so popular? Which is weird because I feel like when people saw it, they really liked it. But I don't think enough people went out to see it. Yeah. So it kind of doesn't have enough word of mouth. But, I mean, that's kind of what we're trying to do. Like, this movie was, like, super badass. It, like, captured the real grittiness from, like, the 2008 e-comics that yeah. the Sylvester Stallone one didn't really have. Right. Um, I mean, it's a solid... I mean, it could not be dread, and it would still be an awesome movie. I agree. I mean, we talked about it in the episode, but it's very... It's shot very artistically. It's yeah. got, you know, beautiful special effects, great action, an incredible cast, but I do think it kind of does have that cult status that you were talking about. I think in another few years, it's going to be even bigger than it is now. Yeah, especially since a lot of the cast is, they are bigger than they were then. Yeah. Like, I would argue even Carl Urban is more famous now than he was when he made that movie. I mean, yeah. he's, he's been in a million things. He's always been around, but I think with, like, The Boys. Well, yeah, um, it's, it's weird. It's, like, as popular and as huge as, like, Lord of the Rings were. Like, I feel like a lot of people don't really remember him from those movies. Right. I mean, and he was, like, in uh, Thor Ragnarok? Was it Ragnarok? I think he's he in one of the Thor movies. He might be in a few, but, I yeah. mean, he's more noticeable in Ragnarok. Right. And then, you know, he's had success, like I said, with The Boys, also with uh, the Star Trek Bones, films. yeah. As Bones, but it, it really feels like lately he's like, you know, a hot actor. Like everyone wants yeah. him in their projects. I I do think it's the boys. I mean, that show yeah. is just really cool. Yeah, it's really good. Um, have you gone back and listened to the episode at all? Um, yes. Okay. <laughs> Whenever I ask that, I'm, I'm I'm like, hopefully, I'm not putting pressure on people. Like, you did re-listen to it, didn't you? Because if I'm honest, guys, I don't always get a chance. So well, no shade. I usually hear it when you listen to it. There you go. So That's I pretty much hear all the episodes. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I thought it was a really good discussion. We have a lot of energy. We sound like we really enjoy the film. I think everyone should go back and listen to that episode. So this is kind of, as I always say, this is like my thank you to you. Thank you for picking that episode. Thank you for coming on and for talking about it. Um, you know, it, it, it was one of my favorite episodes that we recorded. And some of that is because you're one of my favorite people, Nick. That's why I'm on so many episodes. <laughs> and because uh, I like that movie so much. It is know? a really good movie. I love that movie. So, you know, th there's been talks for years about potentially a sequel. What do, what do you think about that? I was kind of hoping you'd bring that up. Like, I really, I'm not going to say hope. I'm just going to say I wish they would do it because uh, Urban said he was totally on board. Um, I think think that's mostly been um debunked uh then there was talk of maybe doing a, a show oh yeah I and remember i think that. he said he was on board for that too but i don't think that's gone anywhere um it's a shame because whenever they revisited dread in this newer version they left so much open and so much more they could do like the real introduction of like mega city one and the fact mm -hmm. and it's actual location to where you're like oh well, what's what's on the other side of the walls and i think there's been speculation that that would be that would have been the second movie the scorched earth series that they did uh, a few a run on uh i don't even know how long ago i mean i think dread is comic wise like 
60 years old now or something wow, crazy like I that. Wow, I didn't realize that. That's so cool. But there's just so much material. They could they could do another equally, if not more epic Dread movie, but I just I don't think it's going to get it because this is more of a cult movie. I yeah. think it's going to get a little too old before they can do that with the current cast and then they'll just reboot it again, unfortunately, I think. Yeah, you know, we talked recently about Alita Battle Angel, and that was in sort of the cyberpunk genre as Mm -hmm. well. Um, But it it owes a lot, I think, to um, Akira, which I actually also talked recently on Tim Rooney's show about, and you and I have, we've talked about it, I think, on this show. Um, We've actually covered a lot of cyberpunk. Actually, I think think Akira, that was like the second or third episode. It was pretty early on, yeah. And... So we've talked about cyberpunk two or three times by now because we did yeah. Dread and then Akira and we also did Alita. Alita. Um, it's just a genre that we both really enjoy and keep coming back to. But I also feel like there's standouts in that genre. Like yeah. yeah, there's a lot of other films in that genre that you don't know that I can't even think of right now. Yeah, but just don't quite have the same impact cinematically. And it's or... a shame because the stories are probably great. They just, they, they get way less press than these movies do and these movies don't even get that much press yeah yeah i think um i think there's a market for this genre i think maybe now so more than in the past i mean now we're living in a world with like westworld and you know uh what's that other show called altered carbon yeah um i think it's um it's not really in the same genre but kind of they share a little bit i think with the success uh fury road had True. A, a few years back, I feel like that could lead the way to more movies like this being yeah. considered film and not just a pop popcorn flick. Yeah, I agree. Or not just niche, but yeah. like like more... an actual movie that everyone is going to see. Awesome. Well, was there anything in the episode that you felt like we didn't cover that you later were like, "Oh my gosh, I wish we had talked about that." I don't know. I feel like. I mean, we keep going on on how amazing it is, but it's amazing because it's a very simple story. Yeah. I feel like we covered most of it, and much like the movie covers most of its story. I mean, there's very little in, like, in like super snobby movie term, like, plot holes, you know? I <laughs> yeah, mean, they, true. they wrap everything up pretty well with giving you something to hope for, even though we're not going to get that. But, um, yeah, I don't feel like we really missed anything either. I'm sure we did. But it's probably something so minor that I can't really think of anything. Yeah, I think we covered it really well. And I felt like people really obviously responded positively to the episode. So once again, thanks, Nick, for coming on. Uh, Do you got got anything you want to plug before you go? Uh, Just my usual stuff. I build uh, props and replicas of stuff. You can find me on all the platforms under Wardco Props. Awesome. Well, thanks again, and I'll have you back soon. Thanks. All right, so now we are at number four, and the number fourth most downloaded episode was Mrs. Doubtfire. So I brought Chris Balga back to talk about it. Hey, Lisa, how you doing? Doing well. How are you doing? Doing good, doing good. Just uh, kind of relaxing here and excited <laughs> to be part of your uh, your top five. Yes, thank you so much. You're you're a, a recurring figure in my top five. I feel like it's, it's been at least a, a, one other year, if not more. 
Yeah, I think the one that I think uh, it was almost like the very first time I'd ever come on your show was for Ghostbusters. So like yes. it was like shortly after the thing, you ended up in the top five. I said, well, that was quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you know that kind of brings me to my next question here. So you know, um, I always ask my guests every year, um, why do you think Mrs. Doubtfire? Like, why do you think that episode resonated so much with people? I think it's a good, you know, it's Robin Williams, so it's it's yeah, Robin true. Williams doing comedy, so it's it, it's a those a good combination. But you know, you can there's a ton of comedies you can do with Robin Williams, but I think what reson what continues to resonate with people with the movie is that it's it's message, it's you know, it, it doesn't it takes it it has a serious matter that it discusses, but it also it, it has a lot of good good natured humor and it's. Just a great cast, a lot of great chemistry, and, and I said it on the episode. I think the ending is one of the best endings that you could do for that movie without giving people, at least people watching the movie and, and kids, false hope for when it comes to divorce. Yeah, I know you shared a lot of kind of personal stories about how this movie was sort of healing for you, how you related to it. Uh, coming from divorced parents, I had the same experience in the sense that my parents divorced when I was four. And how refreshing it is that this is such a positive look at after that, mm -hmm. um, which was even controversial at the time. You guys can go back and listen to the episode, but we talk about how you know studios were pressuring them to change the ending, but they didn't, and that's probably why it's you know stuck around as a classic. Yeah, I mean, no one, no one, you know, necessarily enjoys divorce. I had a friend kind of tell me once and saying, well, the, the, you know, divorce can be a good thing because obviously two people who can't be with each other, you know, that's never a good, it's not a good thing. But as even the movie goes into, you know, they're, they're much better people when they're apart. And I think the good thing is it's more than just a guy dressing up in quote unquote drag the entire movie. He, he becomes a better person due to him you know being mrs dotfire because if it was all just a joke you know i don't think the movie would land as well as it always has i think that's a good point mrs doubtfire is a better version of himself really like mm -hmm. it's a persona that he puts on that's a better caretaker to the children and through playing that role he realizes where he's kind of fallen short and where he has some room to grow and by the end of the episode, he's grown as a person, and then he uses that persona in his career. So it was like literally Mrs. Doubtfire is a huge leap forward for him in every aspect of his life, which I agree that's probably why it ages a little bit better than if he had just been in drag and that's it, you know? Yeah, and there was a, I remember distinctly there is a deleted scene that they filmed where, you know, it's after Miranda had had come in to the house after him being this that far for a while and she goes into excuse me daniel's apartment and he was trying to say well, oh i'm glad everything's going well let me take the kids let me spend some more afternoons and things like that you don't have to do you know mrs dot or anything like that and she's like oh how could i do that she's done such a great job and after she leaves he sees uh the mrs dot mask and you know they get up and he looks at it and says homewrecker and then walks away and they cut that scene i think christopher columbus at the time had said it just we could understand why that would be in there, but it almost would be a detriment to the movie, and I can and I could definitely see why. Yeah, that that would play a little weird. It's like, wait, he resents the persona that's helping him grow, <laughs> like you and, know, and at least yeah. get a chance. I mean, I get that he wants to be physically with his own kids instead of always being in Mrs. Dotfire, but I, I I agree. I don't think it would have 
carried well as into the movie as a whole. Yeah, because I think you're suspending some disbelief watching it anyway. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't know. Yeah, it, it it's a little too maybe realistic of how he might actually feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I agree. But yeah, it's such a fun movie. And I, you know, we had such a good discussion uh, talking about it. Um, it's, you know, always enjoyable to have you on. But I, I really... I really like that episode. It was something where, you know, it's it's just a classic film that I grew up with and saw so many times. I, I still catch myself mm-hmm. quoting it every once in a while to this day. And so it was really fun to revisit for sure. And, and it's always interesting, you know, I'm thinking back in my mind, like how many of those top comedies are like, like many people consider to be top comedies, comedies are, have themes of or characters that dress in drag you know some that stand in my mind tootsie mm-hmm. or some like it hot i mean those those are just so good good movies and almost and i'm thinking my mind almost every one of them has uh, it reminds me of the line that's in tootsie when dustin hoffman kind of tries to fumble it fumbles lines like i was a better man as a woman than as a man being who i am you know so i probably fumbled that line but that kind of rings true in almost every one of those movies that line it can be applied in all three of those. Yeah, because it's almost like by putting themselves in somebody else's shoes, quote unquote, you know, they they grow as a person because they're able to see things from other perspectives. Whereas, mm-hmm. like the character, the consistency with a lot of those characters is that, you know, they're very, I don't want to say narrow minded like they're narrow minded and, you know, mean, but they're narrow minded mm-hmm. in the sense that they don't think about others as much. <laughs> yeah. And it seems like for whatever reason, when they take on another persona, um, they grow as a person and they're better able to understand how other people think and live, you know? Mm-hmm. And so by the end, they kind of grow all t- together because they're like, oh, okay, I, I see this from someone else's perspective. It-, it gives them like a unique window into other people's lives. And um, and then they become a more empathetic person by the end. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So... So it's, it, it's a good movie that brings out a lot of the stuff, but there will not be I, I challenge anyone to not watch that movie and not at least have one or two. If you only have one or two, I still wonder, but you will have one or two <laughs> outright laugh out loud moments. And then there are those moments where you're just going to your heart's going to your heart's going to break. Yeah, you know? it's very touching. Uh, and that that's a very tough balance. I think Chris Columbus is really good at that uh, mm-hmm. balancing, you know, really moving scenes with comedy. Uh, I think it's it can be hard to juggle both. But yeah, it's 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 just one of those that, you know, and I think we had done this right at the start of pandemic. Uh, and yeah, that's a good point. A, oh, always, that feels weird now. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, we're coming up on, on a year to the year to the start of this whole thing, at least for how we kind of encompassed it. And I think it was just seeing that movie brings always will bring about like some some good some good feelings in, in a movie that deals with some very serious topics. But I think that's, as we said before, that's where the movie shines. It finds that very good balance mm-hmm. with, with drama and comedy. I think that you covered this at a time where I asked people, could you pick movies that are a little bit happier? Because we all need to smile. We had no idea. It, that went on for so long that I finally yeah. said, actually, just pick whatever movie you want. Because we can't, <laughs> we can't, I don't know when this is going to be over. But I, it, it was like, a, it, it is a good movie to pick for sort of a pick-me-up um, and... It, even though it deals with some s- serious topics, like you said, it, it's a very 
uplifting film. So if you're having a down day, which you could be, I don't know. It, like I said, this isn't going in away anytime soon. So yeah. <laughs> uh, if yeah, you just, need to revisit just, it, it's there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just just if you just want to get a good laugh, just watch him trying to figure out what's the good, what's the best, uh, you know, mask or makeup for like when he's there with his brother trying to figure out how how he's going when he comes in. I need you to make me a woman. Yes. <laughs> Well, uh, Chris, thank you for coming on. Thank you so much for being on the show. You've been such a consistent guest, and uh, I've loved coming on your show too. So, where, where can uh, where can people find you? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Chris Balga. I got two shows, uh, both part of the Geek Ultimate Alliance Network. So you just search for Geek Ultimate Alliance Network on any podcatcher, and the the two shows where I'm specifically on a, at a very consistent basis is Marvel Alliance, where we deal with everything and anything going on in the Marvel universe from comics, TV, and movies. And then uh, the other show is World Finest True Believers at Finest Believers, and uh, Marvel A at an at Marvel A podcast for the other one, and World's Finest True Believers. You we uh, you, the guest comes on and picks a comic book or graphic novel from any publisher, and we do a deep dive into it. So I look forward to having you back on World's Finest sometime soon. Yes, definitely. And by the way, I'm still on, I think I'm on volume seven of Invincible. I'm almost done. Oh, gosh. So, so <laughs> I've made some progress, but I haven't completely finished it. So I'm being honest. That, that's, but, yeah. that's good. You're, you know, you're getting ready for the, uh, the show coming exactly. up in a couple of weeks. Exactly. Yes. So. I'm so glad that, um, that I finally, you kept mentioning it. So I was like nudged. I'm like, I, okay, I need to do it. But yeah, thank you again for, for coming on. I always appreciate having you. Hope to have you back soon. And yeah. Thank no, you. Thank you very much. Pleasure's all mine. Hi, I'm Ben Modell. I'm a silent film accompanist and historian, and I'm also the producer and co-host of something called the Silent Comedy Watch Party, which is a live stream show that we do every week for free on YouTube on Sundays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Lisa, I want to thank you for having me on as a guest on your I Love That Movie podcast in 2020. And I was thrilled to find out that out of the top five most downloaded episodes, the one I was on was number three out of five. And the movie I love that you had me on to talk about was Modern Times, starring Charlie Chaplin, released in 1936. I have found through the popularity of the silent comedy watch party that during this pandemic, one of the things that has, I think, has happened a lot is people are discovering silent film and how much fun and how satisfying an experience it is watching it. So many people are looking for other things to watch that are not lots of little boxes with people we work with in them. And silent film, because ironically of all the things that are missing, uh, is a much more uh, right brain activity and much more engaging uh, the way video games might be, uh, much more than any other regular television or streaming program. And I think that this is this is uh, perhaps this is why uh, the episode I was on resonated so well. Who knows how any of this how any of this works? Uh, maybe a lot of people from quote unquote my list. Uh, found out and came on over and listened to the episode, or maybe a lot of Charlie Chaplin fans uh, got the episode recommended to them by some algorithm. 
uh, either way, I'm so glad uh, it was of, of interest to listeners of the I Love That Movie podcast. And if you are a silent film fan or new to silent film, or if you could just use a few good laughs on a regular basis, I, I hope you'll check out my show, The Silent Comedy Watch Party. It's a live stream that we do for free on YouTube every Sunday at 3 p.m. We leave the episodes up, so if you're out uh, getting some air through you know, a mask or two, or you forgot or whatever, you can still catch the show. We've been at it since March 22nd of 2020, every single week for a year now. And uh, if you want to... Several good laughs. You can binge watch all of our older episodes. Every episode we show two or three slapstick comedy shorts from the 19-teens or 20s. I accompany them live on my acoustic piano. And I'm joined virtually, of course, by my friend Steve Massa from across on the other side of Manhattan uh, to do film introductions. It's a live stream show and it's a lot of fun to catch the show when it's actually happening. And I hope you'll check out the Silent Comedy Watch Party. Again, thanks for listening. And thank you, Lisa, for having me on your I Love That Movie podcast. Okay, so we are on number two. The number two most downloaded episode from last year is Hereditary. Uh, So I brought Courtney back to talk about it. Hey, Courtney. Hello. How's everybody doing? Well. <laughs> I know, but you know, you gotta ask because I mean, you gotta ask. You gotta ask. Today feels better than yesterday. Yeah. I'll say that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, thank you again. I feel like you're always on the <laughs> countdown, which is not surprising at all to me. But I'm glad you're here well, again. I'm I'm happy to be here. Yeah, and and so it was Hereditary, which this movie I feel like when it came out, it had hugely mixed reactions. Yeah. But I feel like as it gets into the rearview mirror, it really feels like more people have slowly sort of come on board and come to really appreciate it, yeah, right? Because you have to kind of think about it after you've watched it. Like I like I said, I, I had to watch it a couple of times before it, like it all gelled because it was such a, not to be vulgar, but it was such a mind fuck in terms of no, like seriously. how you thought it was going and then where it ended up. It was like completely not at all where I thought it was going to go. Like, I thought we were going to be talking about, like, schizophrenia and all this stuff. I did not, the cult aspect didn't really hit me until, I guess, when she started looking through, like, her mom's stuff. Yes. And I was like, oh, oh, holy shit. (laughs) So I had another guest point this out one time, and I'd never thought about it, but I think it's absolutely true. I I think it might have been it might have been Thomas that said this, but um, I feel like the 2017, 2018 era mm-hmm. um, was a lot about subverting expectations in film. Yeah, I think that's absolutely true because there were there were a lot of movies that did that. They kind of like threw you for a loop a little bit. That yeah, were- like Star Wars. I mean, yeah. you know, <laughs> that was probably the biggest uh, you know thing that everyone had a hard time with. But it, it was yeah. like, yeah, it felt like there was sort of this shift in tone and and expectations and you know this movie did that so well that i I, like you kind of needed some time to really digest it and think about it Mm -hmm. um and it's just one of those movies that like i've gone back and seen several times now since then 
and it just for me gets better upon each viewing yeah yeah because there's stuff like I even watched it a little bit ago and there was stuff that I saw that I was like oh holy crap I missed that completely like just where the people are and like some of the more nuanced like easter eggs I guess you could call them clues I guess you would say um that that it's just like man I would have never noticed that until you know just going back like there was a a scene where there was like a light in the window in Annie's studio and then she spills that paint and I was like oh that was oh my gosh that was like the the entity or or payment spirit or whatever you want to call it but I like I I completely didn't see that in like the first few times that I watched it and then I went back and I was like wait what was that yeah it's I mean, and, and also I feel like now we're living in a post, like, cult all over TV mm-hmm. world. Like, I think when this came out, that was kind of starting to come into being. And mm-hmm. now it's like everything has cults in it. And I'm not complaining. Um, but it's like, it's <laughs> interesting to go back and see, like, you know, when this was sort of at the beginning of all that. But I, I love that aspect of the film. Yeah. I mean, we talked a lot that it was a lot like Rosemary's Baby. Yeah. And in, in how, like, in the background it feels like it is in the movie and then suddenly it all gets kind of, like, pushed to the front. And a lot of people have made that comparison. Um, but, yeah, I just so – I love this movie so much. I was so happy when you picked it. I just thoroughly enjoyed recording it with you. Yeah. Like, I I was like, yeah, I get to finally <laughs> say all the stuff that I want to say and I wanted to hear, you know, all the things that you wanted to say as well. <laughs> Did you ever feel like there was anything that we missed or that we should have talked oh, about? Oh, man, I don't know. Because, like, it's one of those movies where it's like, there's so much happening. Yes. <laughs> and it's, so it's, it's hard to, it's hard to know. It's hard to know if you've missed something. It's hard to know. Because, like, again, you, you don't see some of the things until after the fact. But then... Oh gosh, it was just it was so like it was the way that everything was like orchestrated with the the cult and all of the symbols and and like all of the stuff that she said, like even the stuff that Annie said when she was like in her first like grief meeting yes. about her brother about yes. like she was like saying that like her brother used to say that their mom was like trying to put people inside of him it's like oh, oh maybe God. he's schizophrenic but no she was actually trying to put people inside of him <laughs> i i think i just love that so much because i feel like if this movie came out i don't know 10 20 years ago the focus would have been i think on mental health yeah. which is like a super i think hot topic right now in film anyway mm-hmm. but i also feel like it's refreshing to sort of touch on it a little bit but then just throw like a curveball like where yeah. Babadook like is like a metaphor for grief um and this is too it's just gotten more yeah like realism to it to the I guess cold aspect it's it's yeah. it's yeah. actually the happening it's not yes. just a metaphor <laughs> yeah uh, whereas in Babadook I feel like you could maybe view it under the lens that you know it is a metaphor. So mm-hmm. I, and I just I like that because I feel like we've been missing that for a little bit. Yeah, I do, I do think so. I think and I don't want to be like I'm not trying to be mean about it, but like I think the film industry in these types of movies uses mental health issues as a crutch almost. Yes. Amen. And I mean I, to the point where I was even kind of like when we were recording the episode I was nervous about like terms I might use or things I might say because yeah. You know, these so are real sensitive. things that happen. Yeah. yeah, like people really do have schizophrenia. They really do have uh, different uh, mental, uh, you know, 
health struggles. And I think that it's such a big spectrum. I mean, you know, mental health can be everything from like anxiety to depression to whatever. And you're right. I think film often sometimes uses it as a crutch. It it can even be like, I think it's sensitive. Yeah. (laughs) Like, oh, you're, you know, the person in your life with this mental health struggle is also a serial killer. And it's like, that's not really true and yeah. you know that that pains people that struggle with real problems in a negative light whereas i feel like this movie didn't do that it was almost like because people were just painting her with that broad brush um they missed like what was actually happening you know it was easy yeah. to dismiss her grief um so in that way i think it was like a little bit a little bit better at mm-hmm. portraying that kind of mm-hmm. stuff and yeah i i think so too and i think my the thing that i i <laughs> It's a it's a trope that I absolutely can't stand sometimes. The only thing that that kind of like irked me was like how like her husband didn't believe her. Oh my gosh, I'm glad you said that. Yeah. <laughs> that irritates the shit out of me because it's like, you know, if and I mean maybe it's just me, but if a friend of mine or like a loved one came to me and like had something to say like something crazy like this to say I would like take notice and be like okay let's figure this out not you're crazy I'm not going to believe you like that that bothers me that I wish that well, they wouldn't these do people that like marrying people that like yeah. don't believe them yeah like, that's a you know get out of that marriage um but yeah like we, we recorded an episode the other day on invasion of the body snatchers and that movie came out in, like uh 1950 1960 you know somewhere around there and Mm -hmm. the protagonist in that film talks to a bunch of people in the town and they say these pretty outrageous things i don't think that's my uncle even though he looks sounds like him yeah uh, remembers everything i still don't think it's him and what was so refreshing to me about that movie is like the main protagonist listens to her and goes okay well what exactly do you think what's giving you that impression yeah she says what it is she's like i just it feels off and he like listens to her and i think wow that's like a a movie from a while ago yeah Um, i think that's cool that in the movie he takes everyone seriously he really listens to them because i do think it is a little bit more realistic that if you love someone or you care about someone that you would at least listen to them like yeah and that makes it, I think, scarier for the audience because then the audience is thinking, wow, this is like a person that this other person trusts and believes. And like, how scary would that be if somebody you trust and believe is telling you something that sounds impossible? Yeah. But yeah, often, I mean, I guess like the only thing, the only excuse I can give it is that uh, their marriage seems like they had really poor communication in general. And Definitely. so maybe that was why. But I agree with you that it's not, it's not a trope that I like. I cannot stand any horror movie where the husband's like oh honey you're just being ridiculous it's yeah. like dump that guy then it's like get yeah get you some find you somebody who will listen to you and try and work out the situation because that is just that's tired that's old yeah, that's I'd so, be so upset if that's I was so there. 1950s it is um but yeah no I I agree with that I think that's probably the only thing I thought of too but um i just uh wanted to thank you again you know for coming on and for talking about this and you know really appreciate you being on and like do you have anything that you want to plug just find me at my usual places you know uh at vicky bain on instagram uh i believe i'm victoria underscore bain on twitter uh you know just uh doing doing my wig commissions and cosplay and whatnot very cool Well, thank you for coming on, and I'm sure we'll have you back. I'd love to be back. Thanks. 
All right, and we are down to the number one episode of last year. Uh, and that episode was Batman 1989. And so I brought back my guest, Tim. Say hi, Tim. Hi, number one. That's crazy. <laughs> you did what? it. If what? I had like confetti guns or something, I would. I mean, you're not here, but you know, no, you could see me no. shoot them, I guess. That's right. I can feel. I can. You I can, can imagine and confetti imagine. flying around me as it. I go, You're like, wow! I'm like so blessed. I don't know what you would say, but yeah, something I, like that. No, my mouth <laughs> fell open. Like, I mean, you can't see it because it's a podcast. It's audio. But like my, like when you said like number one, I was like, <gasps> like it's you're like number birthday. one. <laughs> it's a fun. Yeah, it's a fun countdown, and I'm not surprised to be honest. Considering my listener base, I feel like is. 90% from people that came over from the DC world, specifically like the Suicide Squad cast and your show and other places. Like, I just feel like it's all the same peeps. And so it's no surprise to me that, you know, anything with Batman in it would get a lot of ratings. Uh, but also because you're on it and you're you're frequently on the top five. So Oh, that's, that's very nice of you to say. It's all Batman. <laughs> it's not me, though. I mean, like, who doesn't want to listen to a podcast about Batman 89? Seriously. Like, so true. Yeah. yeah. That's so exciting. That's so exciting. Thank you for Well, thank you for having me back, obviously. I love I love being here. So anytime to, anytime to chat with you is time well spent in my book. So, um, <laughs> And then you drop number one on me, and that's like, you just made my night. That's so nice. Good. Yeah, I... I really enjoyed recording this episode with you. It was, I, you know, this is, this is a movie that I grew up with that I really enjoy. And, uh, you know, I like Batman maybe too much. So just all those things, you know, plus a good guest. Like it's, it, I think, it, I think we did a pretty good episode. I mean, you know, humble brag here, but I think it was pretty good. I know. I, I mean, I was, I was going to say, you know, you know, six, six is good. Six is good. But you know, like a number one, that's, you know, like that's. <laughs> That's good. That's uh, that's my deep pull from Batman '89 for the evening. I think. Um, there you go. But uh, no, I love talk. I mean, I could talk about this movie morning, noon, and night, and I won't because I'm pretty sure my wife would have killed me at this point <laughs> if I did that. But you know, like you, I grew up with it, and it, there's just there's of course heavy nostalgia factored in with with this movie. You know, you certainly that I grew up with, but um. Nostalgia doesn't mean a movie is bad or a thing is bad. It just means you have fond memories of it. And so this movie was very popular when it came out. People didn't have nostalgia for a movie that just came out. So um, there's a there's something really tangibly fun about Batman 89, but also gruesome and dark at the same time, but not too dark that you can't pop in and enjoy it and not be sad about the world at the end. Right. Um, I mean, he is the Dark Knight. And, mm. you know, I, I also, when you were saying, like, you, you know, you just have such a, a fun memory of this, I, I was thinking, as you were talking about, like, how not only is it a great movie, not only did I grow up with it, but it's tied up in my feelings about, you know, the, the WB store. And, oh, uh, totally. Yep. You know, and just like that was like the heyday of the Warner Brothers store and going into the mall and like seeing the Batmobile and seeing all the stuff in there, all the paraphernalia and, uh, you know, going to Six Flags and there was like the weird Batman. I think this was when Batman Returns came out, but there was like that Batman show at Six Flags where... 
Yep. Yeah, I I, I don't remember that. what the plot was, but Catwoman was there. I don't know. It was it was <laughs> it was great there were as a explosions. kid. There were explosions, and the Batmobile came out. Yes. And <laughs> people yelled, and people people took all of the all of the lessons they learned in acting school and threw them out the window <laughs> and performed the heck out of it. And that's that's what that show was. At the Six Flags here in Dallas, um, if you kind of drive on a certain side of the street, I don't know if they've moved this by now, so maybe I'm wrong, but you used to be able like, from the highway still see the Batmobile, like sad little Batmobile off in the corner <laughs> that they oh, hadn't no. moved completely out of the park, but is not really featured mainly in the park anymore. Um, and I'm all, I would always be like, oh man, that's like, uh, that's just bringing up so many memories. But yeah, like this, this movie just, it's not just the movie. It reminds me of like all the commercials, all the, you know, all the merch, all the stuff around it too. So it's just kind of like happy all the way around. Absolutely. And it's coming back for people too, which I really, mm-hmm. which I, I like, you know, this movie has never left me and, and like, obviously, you know, like it hasn't left a lot of people either, but now it's like, it's coming back into the mainstream. And I love that, you know, like NECA just released um, the comics coming out and it's making its way back into the minds of people. And that's a, it's a beautiful thing because it's a, cause it's a great movie. Yes, I didn't know that about the comics. I'll have to look into that. I feel like I'm very out of touch with comics right now. I think just like being inside all day long, like I was reading a lot at first. I'm like, oh, I have all the time in the world to read. And then I kind of got a little burnt out. (laughs) So like taking a little break, but I should definitely get back into it and and read what's out there. I'm still, I haven't even finished Invincible yet. Uh, Chris Balga suggested that and I I haven't even finished that yet, but I'm going to put that on my list, I think. Chris is a smart person and you definitely should <laughs> you definitely should continue to read Invincible. Batman eighty nine comic isn't out yet, so you Oh, okay, have, good. I have, have time. Plenty of time. Great. But I don't think it's coming out until June or July. It's coming out <laughs> in July. Um so it comes out like the day before my birthday or something like that. So Oh, it came um, out right for your birthday. It did just for me. <laughs> just That's for why you. This movie's great. Yeah, nobody else. <laughs> just just me. Just um, me. Well, so, okay, was there anything, I I know this was like a while ago, but uh, when we recorded this, but was there anything on that episode that you, you know, wanted to mention that you didn't kind of get to slide under the radar or anything like that? I don't remember, to be totally (laughs) honest. I know, I feel Uh, like I've talked about this movie so many times, not just on my podcast, but on other podcasts too, that I'm like, I feel like I covered it. <laughs> I don't know if there's like I don't I don't think I have any more like fun facts stored in my brain or anything like that. It's not like Lord of the Rings where Vigo kicks the helmet and everyone goes, Do you know he broke his toe? You know he broke his toe, right? He broke his toe, everyone knows that. Okay, great. <laughs> I don't ha- I think we we don't have any more of those facts for Batman eighty nine. I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty out. I, I have agree. seen the Batmobile in person. I don't, I don't know if I said that on the podcast. Oh, you have. So t- yeah. tell us about that. It was very, very cool. Um, it was at some Comic Con. I can't remember which one. It might have been Boston. Could have been Rhode Island. I can't remember. Um, I think it was Rhode Island. But um, yeah, they had the they had those Batmobiles that you know they tour the country. You know, it, you know, you could take a picture with it. So on and so forth. Very cool. And what struck me with it is how low to the ground it really is. Like mm. that's like getting in and out of that thing must have been awful in the back suit. <laughs> like I, truly awful. I'm going to tell Nick that because I feel like, so my husband, he, he loves cars and I used to, back when we first started dating, I would make fun of him all the time because he had this car that he, 
you know, like if you're really into them and you like, he wasn't like a street racer, but he liked that kind of stuff. And so he like lowered his car and it was very low to the ground to where like, if there were any speed bumps, it like stressed him out. And I was like, why do you enjoy this? I don't, I've never understood why people like this so much. I'm going to have to tell him about the Batmobile now. Maybe there's like a like a symbiotic relationship with the road, like yeah, because I'm, I'm close to the road, something like that. I'm realizing and I never asked him, and I probably sound super dumb right now to anybody that knows anything about that. But <laughs> that was me spitballing because it is not my world at all. I'm yeah. just like I'm putting on my English teacher brain, and I'm like, well, if the car symbolically is close to the ground, <laughs> blah, extension blah, blah, of blah, himself, his psyche, blah yeah. blah blah, blah right? uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'll have to ask him, but. But or or maybe like around that time, because this car that he had, this is me also making something up, uh, was from the 90s. So maybe that was in style. I don't know. I'm going to have to ask him. I'm going to have to find out after this. But that's really cool. I, I would love to see the Batmobile. I think I've only seen like, you know, like not that this is not to take anything away from replicas, but I think I've only seen replicas of it. You know, replica. But I mean, like a good a good replica can trick you. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, for sure. Like, I mean, it, there's some really good ones. Yeah, and and if and if honestly, the one that I saw was a replica. I didn't know. And, <laughs> you're and, you're like, no, nope, it Batman it wrote that. Yeah, right. He yeah, drove. It doesn't remove the the joy of the experience because yeah. I saw what I see as the as the car tangible in front of me, very and cool. I got to touch it, and that's very cool. No, did I get the touch it? No, I don't think so. That <laughs> You're right. like, I made that part up, but <laughs> I I might have done that without them knowing. <laughs> <laughs> if if they're listening, I didn't touch it. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's right. You uh... don't know me or what I look like. <laughs> but that's really cool. Oh, I miss cons. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Someday we'll go to those again too. But um, yeah, that's really neat. I I don't have a cool story like that. Um, but I I think that's really, really neat. And I like I said, I, I, I understand like appreciating seeing something in person or like when you do get to see like a replica and they let you sit in it and you're like, mm, look at me, I'm in the, you know, DeLorean or whatever it happens to be. And that's always such a fun experience to like see a physical prop in person. So that's very cool. Mm-hmm. Well, um, thank you for, you know, being on that episode. I always love having you on. Um, and I love talking with you and Palmer on Academy Rewind about movies. Um, it's it's just always such a blast. So thank you so much for, you know, picking this movie. Thank you for talking with me about it. And uh, just, yeah, thank you. Oh, well, thanks for having me. As The feeling's very mutual. I love being here. And we <laughs> love having you on Academy Rewind. Come back anytime you want. And speaking of that... Uh, do you want to plug your various social medias so that people can find you? Absolutely. Thank you. Uh, you can <laughs> find me on Twitter at TimothyPG13. Uh, you can find all uh, of my podcasts uh, for the Thought Bubble Audio Network at ThoughtBubbleAudio.com. That's Academy Rewind uh, for the for the Oscars and the Gospel According to Lucas and Supergirl TV Talk and Beer with Geeks and Read Up and a whole a whole slew of other ones that I am not a part of. So um, if you if you're looking for podcast your podcast needs, then you can head over to ThoughtBubbleAudio.com. Awesome. Well, thanks again. Oh, thanks for having me.